welcome to the On The Whistle podcast. My name is Alistair Howarth. I'm one of the co-hosts of the podcast. Today, we've got a fascinating interview for you with head coach of the Mamalodi Sundowns ladies team, Jerry Shabalala. Jerry has been a coach of Sundowns team for more than a decade, leading them to multiple Hollywood Bets uh, Super League titles, as well as winning the inaugural CAF Women's Champions League title two years ago. And they're back in the Champions League looking to grab their second, which is why we caught up with him after their first match, a 2-0 win over JKT Queens of Tanzania. It was a great discussion about all things ranging from the Champions League to women's football in general, as well as if sundowns and the likes of Asfarabat could actually compete with some of the heavy hitters in Europe and elsewhere in the world. But if this is the type of stuff you enjoy, the interviews we do, the conversations we have around the Bri, it would be brilliant if you gave us a follow, gave us a subscription. You can find us on all platforms on YouTube and Facebook. You just search on the Whistle Podcast. You can find us as well as on any other podcasting sites that you use, Spotify, Apple Music, etc, etc. And you can find us on Instagram and on Twitter slash X uh under otw underscore podcast enough of me have a listen i hope you enjoy the interview coach thanks so much for for joining us today we're obviously you're you're calling in from from the ivory coast after you know a solid first win in in the calf calf women's champions league with with sundowns going into your third successive competition you know, if just first off, you know, you you had a solid win against uh, JKT Queens from Tanzania, two 0 win. How are you feeling coming into this tournament? How are you feeling going into the rest of the group stage and and hopefully beyond into into the knockouts? Yeah, Alistair, thank you for for having me. You know, uh, it's a pleasure for me to be here. Yeah, look, what a what a very very tough game. Uh, like you just said earlier, one first half was very was very very tricky. Uh, we weren't expecting them. To be a side that will match us pound for pound, but you know, first half it was a bit scrappy. But I think it, there's a lot of things that could have caused that. You know, the traveling in between, uh, we never had enough rest. But as a team, we responded quite well. You know, and we managed to get a goal, especially during the very critical time, which it was about around 40, 41st minute. And credit must go to the girls in in terms of how they've. They've applied themselves, especially first half. Yeah, and and coming into this tournament, you know, this is the third women's Champions League in uh, that that we that uh, CAF have been running. Obviously, you guys were the, the first the first Champions, the inaugural Champions, two years ago with that they you know that two 0 win against Sasaka's ladies in in the final. Last year, you made it to the final again, but only only to lose to to Asfarabat. So, we kind of for you guys coming into the tournament now, what are the expectations? You know, how do you manage? kind of coming into such a short tournament when you'll expect it to be making to the making it to the final at least if if not winning it yeah look uh you know the previous two tournaments there's a lot of difference compared to 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 this one and this one we find ourselves in in group a with all the teams that are in our group are debutants you know and it gives us a bit of an edge over them but you know in a game of football there's nothing like that it's 11 v 11 in the field of play but with the experience that we've got from the two previous tournaments, uh, surely a lot of people are, are taking us as favourites, you know. But like I always tell the guys, that shouldn't go into our head. We should stay grounded. We should just keep on focusing on ourselves and focusing on the job at hand, you know. And yesterday as well, it also proved that the experience that we've gained from this tournament, it came in handy for for us, especially, especially second half in terms of 
we, we understand now that uh, if things are not going our way, we, we need to manage the game better. And as, as, a, as a coach as well and as a technical team, we also learned that we need to manage the players better in terms of rotating the squad because of the number the number of games that we'll play in a very short space of, of time. So there's a lot of learning that's taking place in this tournament. Yeah, and, and you know, obviously you, you said you're, you know, you're in a group with three debutants, there's four debutants at the tournament, and then, you know, Ayas Mande from, from Mali is the second, and then it's you guys and Asfar back coming in, both your third tournament. You both have been to, you know, you've been to multi two finals, they've been to one and one semifinal, you both got one title. Is there a sense that, you know, you've played each other in both tournaments, first that draw in, in the first tournament, and then you guys went on to win it, and then they came back and got revenge last year. Is there a sense that there's kind of starting to be a bit of a, a bit of a rivalry going on there. A, a lot of it. A lot of it. There's a there's a, there's that thing that you say here yeah, it's a rivalry, AS file and all that. Because when you remember the inaugural one, we've played them in the group stages mm-hmm. where there was no there was no winner between us and them. We played a draw, but we went all the way to win it. And last year they came out like house on fire. They came out very very strong, which they managed to win. But for us, it's not about. It's not about revenge or whatsoever. Like I said, it's about focusing on the vision, which is to win the championship, you know. So basically, this time around, again, it doesn't matter who we meet, you know, along the way. But what matters the most is the fact that we just want to win the tournament. Yeah, and and kind of on that, you know, I think, you know, we're talking about how with with the you know there's so many debutants and, and it's kind of a nature of the, the way qualification works i guess because you've got these regional tournaments that the winners each get through and so it kind of really only rewards the likes of yourselves and rabat who've got as far who've got that you know big investment into your clubs where you can kind of consistently put out you know really strong teams you know you know you talk about how you know there's a bit of a rivalry there you know is it difficult for the tournament both from your guys's perspective but as the tournament as a whole to build up kind of momentum in a tournament when every year there seems to be different, so many different teams participating, or do you think that's just something that will come with time? Because obviously you look at say, you know, the, the champions league in, in Europe and you have, you know, Barcelona Femini and, and Leon always competing. And then you have, you know, some of these other big ones like, you know, Chelsea have been trying to compete, but you know, and there's lots of narratives that are there and, you know, competition and rivalry, Whereas for you guys, you know, you've, you've never, you know, I, I'm sure you guys have seen them, you know, done your preparation and and seen JKT Queens, but, you know, you've never seen them in person before you played them. You've never played some of these teams. You've only, only, only team you've played more than once in the competition is, is Asfar. You know, how do you think that the, the format itself lends to, to kind of building up the tournament itself? Because it's still such a growing product, isn't it? Yeah. You know, uh, we at Kiev, it's, it's something new. It's a new tournament. It's only three years old. You know, it it will come with time. Uh, you know, the good thing is the fact that we've started. We've started this. We've got the the Kiev Champions League, which is a tournament that we we never had. You know, and you know when when we come to these meetings with Kiev and head of of women's football in Kiev, Meskrim, they they always promise that you know with with time there's going to be more teams that will come on board just to to make our Kiev Champions League stronger and bigger, you know. And in that way, it will give us opportunity to be able to see these teams on a either on a regular basis and to be able to have their clips and all that. But for now, we can just accept and say it will take time. And Kiev, they are working day and night to see to it that 
this baby it go it grows it grows sleeps and bounds and immediately it grows it will it will afford all the girls in africa to have an opportunity to play in kef champions league and and i'm thinking in terms of specifically with you guys and as far you know taking you back to that first tournament you know a couple of years ago obviously you're coming into it barely knowing the other teams obviously yeah like i said you've done your research you'll watch the you know as much video as you could have i'm sure of these teams but you just don't know anything about each other and for me and for those of us watching from the sidelines and reporting on it there was a real concern that this there was going to be so little competitiveness you know we we're going to see a huge gap between say yourselves and some of the smaller teams you know say for instance yeah, I, yeah i'm from kenya and seeing vihiga queens there i was really concerned that they wouldn't be able to be as competitive but they beat as far about you know were you surprised at how actually the level of the competition and how competitive it's been yeah you know uh, i was very very surprised you know i was also thinking especially the inaugural one i was also thinking that you know uh, it was going to be walk in the park mm. but if you could if you still recall we only managed to score four goals and win the tournament but like you just said it shows you that teams in africa they are taking women's football serious if you go to other uh, zone re zonal regions you can see that there's always different teams coming up that tells you that uh, the women's football is growing in in the entire African continent. Uh, we were expecting Mazembe to come back the way they've walked through, the way they've walked through their their zona. But other other countries they are also looking and saying, look, we can't always have one team dominating us. You know, we we need to beef up our our teams. We need to help up our our women's team. Hence, you've seen so many so many debutants. So that tells you that everyone in Africa is taking women's football so seriously. Yeah, and, and kind of on that, for you guys, obviously you must be conflicted because you're the head coach of Mamelodi Sundowns who have been completely dominant in South Africa. You won, you know, the Hollywood bets three times now in a row, back to back to back to back, and you, you know, complete dominance over the last decade of women's football in South Africa. And we're now starting to see a bit more investment in some of the other clubs in, in South Africa. And you're actually being pushed now by, you know, UWC, JVW, you know, even Royal AM and, and TS Galaxy and these other teams. For you, you know, is, do you see this as a good thing or is it also a, not a good thing? Because suddenly it's it's not an, it's not a given that Sundowns will win, but actually the quality of the football is, in, is increasing everywhere you look. I, I think it's a good thing. It's a very, very good thing, you know. We, we know that when the competition is competitive at home, back at home, us going, us going out to Africa, uh, we, we would know that we're going to expect the same competition or even the stronger opposition compared to what we had at home. But what, what Royal AM, TX Galaxy and UWC are doing back at home, it's, it's really good for us. It's giving us that, that confidence to say, if we come to this, co this competition, we play teams that similar to... In terms, in terms of competi competitiveness, we play teams like your UWC and we've managed to beat them. When we face this kind of competition here in Ivory Coast, it's not going to come as a shock. We would be ready for it to say, look, uh, this, this team is more or less in the same strength as your UWC, your TX Galaxy. So the girls, mental-wise, they would also be, be ready for, for that kind of competition. Mm, and and do you do you feel the same way then when you look at some of the competition across the continent? Again, I think specifically as far about does that push you guys when you're coming to this tournament now that it's not just you're coming to win, but you're coming to to beat a team that 
you know, beat you already and that you kind of, you know, you got a draw with in that first year? Is there that extra motivation with, you know, that budding, that kind of budding rivalry there? Because they're also a team that coming from a league in Morocco that put a lot of money into, into women's football. We've seen a lot of investment. We've seen both, you know, obviously Morocco and Banyana Banyana facing off in, in the AFCON final, you know, does that give you guys extra motivation as well in terms of that competitiveness? Yeah, for sure. It does give us that uh, extra motivation. Imagine if had we, had we won had we won it twice in a row, the complacency would just creep in and we would be like, ah, it's going to be walking the park again, you know, uh, for us. But with teams like us, Farabat, coming coming on board, teams like your, your Ampartako, don't write them off a very, very strong side, you know. Uh, it gives us that motivation to say we need to work extra hard because we've lost what what we felt it was ours, which it was the title. And now when we come back this time around, we want to go out and prove that it was not a fluke for us to win it. But it's not going to be an easy one with, with the teams that I've already mentioned that that always push us to the end. So it's a motivation on its own to play teams like your your Asfar, teams like your Amper Tekor, you know? So it's a big motivation for us. Yeah, and I, I, I want to look, you know, take a slightly wider lens. Obviously, for, for both you and, and Asfar, you know, you were one of the two two clubs that contributed more players than most in terms of players who went to the World Cup this this last this last summer in, in Australia, New Zealand. Obviously, you guys had, you know, I think six players playing uh, in, in Banyana Banyana and then even Asfar, I think, had seven as well. So have you, for you guys, how much has that made a difference, the success of seeing actually local based players, players who've been playing locally, seeing that success? Because obviously we had such a wonderful World Cup from an African perspective, you know, Morocco, Nigeria and and, uh, and South Africa, as well as even Zambia, you know, gave, gave, gave themselves a really kind of good showing. Have you been able to see that kind of experience for those players involved, you know, your Ramalepes, your Bianas and stuff? coming back to the Sundowns team and, and kind of bringing that extra quality because this was such a top-tier World Cup. Yeah, first thing first, I think I think uh, those players who went to the World Cup, I think when you look in terms of the teams, the African teams that competed there, and you look at those players, I think they've made a huge difference into our national teams. You know, uh, we, can only, we can only see that now when they came back and this kind of tournament like... Like you saw that uh, the, our our woman of the match, one of the players who played almost every game in the tournament. You saw our CDM there in in Colosabiana who was bossing the midfield. So we already seen those dreams to say all those players who played in the World Cup they are making a huge difference. And when you look in terms of the team that we've played up against yesterday, uh, they've lacked that little bit of experience, you know. So I I I believe that. For our players to play in the international standards, it says a lot. We'd also see today the match maybe between Ampertako and and Asfa uh, with, with some of the Asfa players who played in the World Cup, if they would make a huge difference for them. But for us, honestly speaking, they've made a huge difference. Mm. And and kind of for you, you've been obviously you've been involved with the Sundowns for you know over you know I think over a decade, if I'm not wrong, for a long, long time involved in the women's game. And we've seen such a big amount of growth in terms of the African game the last three, four years. You know, the Champions League, this last Af uh, woman's AFCON was by far the most competitive. And, one, you know, I was there in Morocco. It was brilliant atmospheres, great, great football being played, you know, in particular by, by Banyana Banyana. You know, for you, what has been the kind of, 
biggest differences in terms of that growth? How have you seen, you know, those opportunities that haven't been there before making, you know, giving these players the platform to, to, to produce, you know, a good example is Rafiwe Tholokele, you know, obviously she had a brilliant, you know, AFCON for, for me, I remember writing an article that she was one of the best players at the tournament for Botswana, you know, gets the move to Malabo Kings, obviously doesn't work out there, but now she's tearing it up with you guys, gets her first goal uh, yesterday, you know, it looks really, really good. You know, how, what, what difference does it make for you as a coach and, you know, for people trying to develop the game when there are now these competitions like the Champions League, the AFCON's obviously been there, but it's growing and, and, you know, more slots at the World Cup. How much of a difference does this actually make to, to your, yourself as coaches and the players? Yeah, just, just to divert a little bit there, uh, as the, you know, I think, I think the people who've played a huge role at, at, at uh, your, your media, you know, the media guys, especially, especially TV wise, you know, us, most of our games being televised, you know, and it's one of the things when I look back, when I look back 10 years, 10 years ago, when I was still involved with Pumalanga ladies, no, no one knew about anything about women's football back then. And the more you show these games on TV, the more the younger kids, they get exposed, they get to see players that are playing. It also, it also attracts the younger ones to say, here's something that I can start and, and career out of, you know, and, it attracts a lot of younger ones to start taking football serious to see to say, if I could train well, maybe one day I'll see myself playing for my melody sundowns. You know, us having the games being televised on, on, on TV, it has made a huge, huge difference in terms of being able to scout the players and being able to see the talent. How are we going to see, how are we going to see Tolagele if those games were not shown on TV? How were how were the younger ones going to to look up to, to Refilo Chan and say, I want to play like Refilo Chan. I want to be the next Refilo Chan. And when I look back and I say, look now at Mamelodi Sundowns, we've got a development. The under-13s and the under-15s. Most of them, most of them, they want to play like the players who are playing in the in the first team. And those who are not, who haven't started playing football in the next three, four, five years, they will be like, they will be like, they want to be like Katla Khomalebane, the younger ones who are playing. So I believe that the huge difference as this games for being for being televised. That's what makes a huge difference in, in this women's football. Hmm. Hundred percent. And I think we we saw the same. Yeah, I, I'm based in the UK and we saw the same thing here. I think I always bang on about how this is the greatest example of that is here in, in England, you had the WSL and it wasn't being shown anywhere, but they kept putting it on their own websites, showing it free to air. And then, you know, a couple of years ago, Sky, the main broadcaster, went out, took a risk to, to buy the rights, started and they put in the production, made the TV look really good. And then suddenly within three years, the WSL has become, you know, arguably the strongest league in the world. And I, I think it's the best example of, yeah, if you know, if you put it there, people will come if you if you create the product from a media perspective, it'll come. And I think that is, yeah, one of the good things about, you know, the Women's Champions League is that you know, from a coach's perspective and even from a fan's perspective, you can watch it anywhere, you know, it's free to air. And I, th again, I think I look back at Vihiga Queens, you know, um, you know, from my side of things in that first tournament, I think seven players off the back of that tournament, they didn't even get out of the group. Seven players went abroad, got big contracts, you know, and this was a team in Kenya that was completely amateur. None of them were professional. And suddenly now some of them are playing, you know, in Turkey and France and South Korea, places like that. So I, I think you're, you're totally spot on. Yeah. I, 
I know this might be a bit preemptive because, you know, you've only won one game. Um, and I don't want to get you guys ahead of yourselves, but I, I, I'm sure you know this, but the International Federation of Football Statistics classed Mamalodi Sundowns ladies as the 27th strongest team in, in the world, ahead of the likes of Manchester City, Houston Dash, uh, San Diego Wave, some big WSL and WSL teams. You know, you know, earlier last year, Gianni Infantino said that they're looking into putting together a Club World Cup eventually for on the women's side of things. You know, how close we saw in the World Cup that the national teams, Banyana Banyana and, and the Super Falcons and the Atlas Lionesses are, are close, you know, to these European giants. From the club side of things, how far away do you feel Sundowns are from the teams that are competing in, say, the UEFA Champions League or the NWSL in, in the US? Yeah, you know, uh, I know I know rankings are rankings. Uh, the last time I checked, I think we were 26. Ah, sorry, sorry. I'm I'm doing disrespect. I think we're sharing the spot. No, it's okay. We're sharing the spot with one of the teams. I think it's a classical. I can't recall. But look, um, we can only know that if if we can get an opportunity to compete with 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 your so-called European teams, uh, it come. We we want to be the first team in Africa to go out and and represent Africa. Hence, you see that whenever we play this CAF uh, Champions League tournament, we always want we always try to win it. So that should it happen that Cup World Cup is coming, we'll be able to gauge ourselves and say, look, now we know where we are in terms of when we compare ourselves to some of the European teams, the so-called your Barcelona's, you know, then that's when we'll be able to tell and say. No, we're not that far away from them, or we are far away from them. But the only thing that I could tell is when we can get more games playing against them. Mm, absolutely. And and when you look at these teams, you know, like your yeah, your Barcelona's, your Leon's, your Chelsea's, what do you think is the difference between the Sundowns and between them? Where where do you think that that gap is? Is it just the general infrastructure around the club, the kind of not the clubs, but the whole leagues and things? Or like, how do you think? You know, because we've seen this in the men's game where we see, you know, some of the nations, you know, like Morocco going far in the World Cup. We've seen at a national level they can do it, but we've seen time and time again on the men's side, the club side of things struggling. You know, we've never seen a, an African team win the, the Club World Cup on the men's side. You know, what do you think that from the women's side, because there's more of an opportunity there because, you know, it's a newer game, it's younger. How do you think that CAF and SAFA and, all you know, these federations and clubs can actually push to get because you know from my perspective i think a, a sundowns ladies has a better chance of winning a women's club world cup than than the sundowns men's even if they win the african football league and, and beat with that in, in in the second leg you know i think that gap isn't as big because the women's game isn't as established what how do you think that you know you guys as a club but also the wider kind of safa and calf and things can push to get you closer and get you to that point where actually you know, maybe, you know, someday we can see the likes of Sam Kerr, you know, wants to leave Chelsea. Okay, I'll come to Sundowns. I'm not going to the NWSL. You know, then these big names actually coming to, to our continent instead of instead of leaving it. Yeah, for sure. You know, the, the one thing that I think our, our member association, our surfers, our CAF and all that, if the only thing that they could just do is to professionalize most of the leagues. I think that's, that's where we're lacking. If we could have most of our league being professional, 
I think we can match. I can. I think we can match all the other European teams because they're very fortunate that most of their leagues they are professional. If we could have professional team, uh, professional leagues, I think we can compete with them at any given level. You know, and when you look in terms of the science, bring the science into the game. We Africans, we we still far behind. You know, in terms of uh, nutrition wise. It also plays a huge, huge role in terms of helping the players. You know, we've got. I was I was looking at <laughs> some of my players yesterday, and I compare them to to some of the Ivory Coast team. And when you look at them in terms of physique wise and all that, you can tell that we we've got in terms of muscle wise, we're a little bit skinny, you know. And but if we get the right nutrition, we'll be able to be on the same level with the likes of your your SMK and all that. Because the focus will just be, let me just play football. There's a career out of this. So mm. I believe in terms of professionalizing most of the leagues in Africa will push us to closer to the level of the of the Europeans. Absolutely. Coach, I, I thank you so much for your time. I know that the other games are kicking off now, so you need to be doing your scouting work of, of ahead of, of, of the likes of Asfar. <laughs> so thank you so much for, for coming to chat to me. I'm sure we'll speak we'll speak later and, and you know really looking forward to, to seeing how, how sundowns get on, you know, later in the tournament. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. I, I feel like we, we haven't talked much. We'll have another one soon. <laughs>